no, 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 no. You done got me talking politics. Nothing I can say will change your little mind. Push a clutch and let her wrong, you won't be left behind. But you're weak. Depending on who you ask, But I'm a Cheerleader came out in either 1999 or 2000. I think it's considered it was made in 99. Started playing the film circuit then, but I don't... Yeah. yeah. September 1999 at TIFF. Um, that is Toronto International Film Festival. There we go. And then... Because uh, <laughs> I'm a geek. July 2000 in the States. So if it's 1999, this is the 60th anniversary. The 60th anniversary? Yes. You mean 20th? Yes. <laughs> you can also say that maybe with that retro look too, but I guess that's why it doesn't, even though certain aspects feel dated in the language and everything and the way you talk about everything, um, there's this conversion camp is still like, and all the costuming in, in a lot of the sets and things try to pull back this era of the 1950s and early 60s and this, you know, squeaky clean, all-American pie, white bread image of what America is and what it should be and what the American family and gender roles are, you know? Yeah. So I think that's why, even though definitely aspects of it are dated, which I'll get into, but I... I, you can pass on this. You can let it pass. Do you know what I mean? Like you can still enjoy the movie. It doesn't detract from anything because it's trying to pull back this weird retro feel anyway. Yeah. I The first time I saw this, I thought that John Waters had a hand in the movie. Well, you have Mink Stoll in it. I mean, come on. <laughs> and, uh, and Bud Court from Harold and Maude. And it was, you know, done not exactly DIY, but from what I understand, Jamie Babbitt was a independent filmmaker let's make this movie this will be yeah this will be where we go this is the story i want to tell so it's got that 
Yeah. Uh, I don't want to just take away from her. She's got her own style. Well, of course. Um, and I don't know how much of her other stuff you've seen. I don't know. Be- I guess a little bit before we get into going about the movie, and then we can come back to some of these facts. But, uh, but I'm a Cheerleader is a dark-ass comedy about conversion therapy. Oh, by the way, did you introduce the show? Well, if you're listening, hopefully you know, but welcome to another Psycho-Semanticast. Here, once more, the wonderful Vanessa. Hello. Uh, we've, I think, uh, you know, we brought it up numerous Happy times. Pride. Happy yeah. Pride. This time, we're, we're finally going to talk about But I'm a Cheerleader, a movie that I saw not too long after it came out, or not too long after it became available. It was recommended by a friend of mine. She had moved out to California. We would keep in touch over the phone, as you do. It was, you know, the early 2000s, so everything wasn't on Google. She was trying to figure out who did the song that plays in the very hot... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget their names. It's Tattletale. Tattletale, right, right. But at this point... It was, I'm having trouble figuring it out, and Google won't tell me. Mm -hmm. Time to do some internet detective work. And we figured it out who it was. It was Tattletale, and that song is called Glass Vase Cello Case. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's hard to get the music that's in this. It is. There are only a couple of the songs that are, like, easily available. Obviously, the RuPaul one is. (laughs) RuPaul, uh, Chick Habit. Which you may yeah, have just heard, I don't know. By <laughs> April, March. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Even Spotify doesn't have all of the soundtracks. I know they are very tight on the rights. That's why there's a lot of soundtracks that are missing one song or two songs. Like Right. And as we were saying before we started recording, that the projection booth just coincidentally released um, an episode on this movie. An obviously very professional, well-thought-out episode. Unlike us who just, you know, while we have sometimes, sometimes educated guesses and thoughts, still, we're kind of bullshitting a little bit. But um, they released an episode and they were talking about, yeah, like, all the the legal stuff with the soundtrack and oh, were they? you know I decided yeah. not to listen to it before we I I wanted to listen to it in case they had an interview with Jamie Babbitt the director which they did um quite a lengthy one but there no there was something about the the soundtrack on there and talking about the licensing and everything and how so many people want a copy of the soundtrack but just can't get it oh yeah that's yeah that's the way yeah. it goes I almost, I, know. I almost made a Handmaid's Tale reference, but as of recording, you will not know what I'm talking about. But, but conversion therapy, as far as I could tell, are have been banned in 16 states at this point of recording. Okay. California in 2012, New Jersey 2013, Oregon and Illinois in 2015, Vermont 2016. See how this is all very fucking recent? Even. Yeah. Um, some of this is almost 20 years after this movie came out. Uh, right. Uh, Rhode Island, New Mexico, Connecticut, and Nevada all did it in 2017. Washington, Maryland, Hawaii, New Hampshire, and Delaware, 2018. And unless I missed one, this year, 2019, New York and Massachusetts. Yeah. Thank you. Fucking New York. I'm sorry. Like, really? <laughs> like, oh, New York surprises me sometimes. 
I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard when you've got big states because, you know. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of other, like upstate New York that is totally different than New York City, but the amount of population in New York City, too, is still pretty large. But, yeah. You know, and considering, yeah, I mean, even just out, like upstate New York, it's still not that rural parts of New York are not like rural parts of Alabama, you know? Yeah. They're not that bad. Um, sure. You're going to have a few people in that same mentality, but it's not like as concentrated at least. And I mean, in New and in actually mobile where I grew up, I think it was, was it last about this time last year, maybe a year and a half ago, there was a whole thing on, um, it was 2020, I think it was 2020, where they had this whole expose about this Mobile, Alabama conversion camp and where this kid had died because of physical abuse. And I mean, granted, we, we don't get that in this movie. <laughs> this is a dark com comedy, you know, it's more, this goes across pointing out how ridiculous conversion therapy is by doing it all tongue in cheek mocking and, the fuck out of it and mocking it <laughs> yes exactly exactly like you said very john waters in that mentality and that's why everything is so ridiculous and so over the top even that like phallic the, and what vaginal is vaginal, vaginal? The, the opposite oh, of phallic yeah. or yeah. If, if in this i know there's probably yes. other okay yes phallic and vaginal oh. symbols all Look over all over her gay like chair have, <laughs> her gay chair the the cardboard or whatever the cutout of the you know painted blue tree out in the like fake you know soldier battleground it looks like a big cock and balls it's a it's a rocket ship what are you blind it's a cock it's not what? a rocket you sick fuck this? it's a cock randall Look, get this guy the cock and balls the dick go in the window it's a big stiffy yeah, it's a penis, penis Maximus, a willy, a weenie, Mr. Jiggle Daddy. Get him out of here. The one-eyed wonder weasel, don't you see that? Get me in the twins, Rumble Forskin. He made it, he made this thing, it's made from dildo. Wait, bye-bye. Wait. Thanks for visiting. Like, like, like coming even. <laughs> well, and the soldier cutout is holding his dick in somebody's face. Well, it, he's holding his gun. Well, and it looks like he's giving him a blowjob, <laughs> like the one a blowjob. Yeah, right. It's pink and blue. As you you started to talk before I derailed you, but as as you were saying, with uh, okay, the the design, the set, uh, the costumer in you, right? That well, the talk about that. Loves this movie, and and actually, the years I worked in like theater sets too, it is very. Whoever was in the set department for this movie i don't or whoever came up with whatever vision of that i don't know specifically who it was they they have a very strong theater background and it worked to the advantage of making it it all ultimately comes down to kind of what you see building up through this movie there's so much of we're all going through these motions and this illusion of being straight and then, like, and you see this, like, and we are, we're going through this illusion of this, you know, facade. It's not real, you know? It's not who we are. It's not what we are. So many of us that are LGBTQ do that for many years. 
some of us can keep it up and never give it up and, you know, be in the closet forever. Some just, no, can't. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I've ever really said much about it before, at least I don't think during a podcast. But I mean, like I actually came out of the closet and with, you know, my relationship with my father, like at first he was like that, you know, I still love you no matter what, you know, you're my daughter. I mean, you know, his only child, blah, blah, blah. And then our relationship within like two years, and it was already rocky kind of, you know, before that, but it was, it got worse within the next two to three years. And I just, and I, the phone calls and I, you know, part of it was I moved away, you know, at, at one point, but the phone calls and, you know, and discussions, it became, you're going to hell because you're being, you know, because you're gay and blah, blah, blah. And all this pressure and pressure and truthfully kind of in my defense didn't help that this is also the point where my mental illness was building up my bipolar and I was still undiagnosed. <laughs> that did not help the situation. Okay. And then I finally ended up in the hospital and started on meds when I was all of this happened. So, but, so I have that, that just did not help the situation, but getting all, I was getting all this pressure that even though I had one parent that was supportive of me, you know, although still at that point, my mom and I weren't like, you know, still new to her, but she was like, okay, whatever, you know? And when I came out to her, she was like, yeah, I thought so. I mean, I'm like, could have clued me in. <laughs> that would have been nice. Yeah, it would have saved me so many years if you would just, <laughs> hello, <laughs> tap me on the shoulder. Um, but with my dad there, I ended up getting married to a man and granted he was by, so it was kind of like, okay, fine. You have, and you know, we were fine having whatever polyamorous relationships. So it was like, you okay, you have your boyfriends, whatever. I have my girlfriend, whatever. But all this other, you know, ended up, aside from him being a sociopath. <laughs> there's one, that. There's that. But aside from that, I also realized that, what the fuck am I doing? And it wasn't even a year before I realized that. I mean, you know, I was just like, why in the world did I do this? And it was the one and only time in my life. Yes, I've done plenty of stupid things. We all have. But that was the one and only thing in my life that I can say I truly regret. Because I did it truly for someone else. I did it truly to make my father happy and to fit into this, try to fit into this box. So what you see here in this movie, I bring this up also because you see it in the movie where even after Graham and Megan get caught, in the, you know, after a night of passion or whatever, Graham stays while Megan says she's leaving and, you know, gets thrown out of the program. But Graham is feeling this pressure from her parents. I mean, granted, she has trust fund and whatever, but I mean, it's still a certain amount of approval from the parents that you're seeking. And even if you've had issues with them, you still, part of you still, you're still part of you in your head. That's a little kid. And so many of us that are LGBTQ, and it came up when we were talking about Paris is burning. There are many families that when they find out that, you know, that their child, you know, is queer, they will just throw them out immediately. But there are plenty that just, you know, can't reconcile it, even if they initially try or, you know, whatever, or, you know, how do they try to, some that, perfectly can go through it but 
he, you know, it's, which is why I do love kind of at the end of this movie, you see Megan, even after she's been kicked out of the program and she finds her whatever love, Graham, you see Megan's parents at a flag meeting. Her dad seems actually like he's happy to be there. That's the parents, friends of lesbian gays, um, if anybody doesn't know. And, but the dad actually seems happy to be there. Like, he's happy to be in a support. Like, okay, I have a gay daughter. What do I do? This is, okay, what can I do to support her? And the mom, though, is kind of like, okay, she's hiding, but she's still there. You know she what is. I mean? Yeah. And and maybe she can come around. And maybe it's just going to take her longer than, than, you know, than the other parent or whatever. Yeah, well, I think going back to the beginning she it seems like it was more her idea than the dad's yes to send her to <laughs> true directions yes i just so. love that she's like we think you're a lesbian she has to whisper lesbian <laughs> you don't even like to kiss me well did you see the way he kissed like though i'm sorry he was probably just a bad kisser too He's, i mean yeah and she says i was like maybe he just doesn't do it right and was like no you're gay how many teen teenagers are just awkward and bad at that i got broken up with after my first kiss yeah see this <laughs> it's not unheard of it I was mean, brutal but i think i learned a lesson don't ask right. my wife <laughs> well she's stuck around so you must be doing something right <laughs> <laughs> but, maybe you're just your personality makes it work but <laughs> i'm kidding it's definitely but, not my height right vanessa thank you but it, it seemed like it was her idea okay so megan is a cheerleader Christian religion yeah. often has very stupid ideas. I guess it's the Midwest. I don't know if it's really ever. It's not established, but it has that look. Yeah, I couldn't. Because I, when yeah. you see the car driving this, and of course, everything is very middle America, white bread, white picket fence, or in the case of True Directions, pink picket fence. It will, then there's the white house picket is so ugly. within it. Oh my the, god! The but house. I love that she had plastic flowers that she was gardening. <laughs> she was spritzing with water. <laughs> do you, Do you think the frustration and throwing of the flower was a improv because she couldn't get it to stick, or do you think that was in there? I could see, I could see it being an improv, like them just like Jamie Babbitt, like as a general direction, like you know. But I could see Kathy Moriarty like doing a certain amount of because, yeah, and I think Kathy Moriarty is a very interesting actress and choice um as this for mary because did you ever see that 80s movie soap op uh soap dish with oh, sally yes. field and robert i did yeah and kevin well, she, klein and, uh, and Whoopi goldberg right 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 it's a great movie however terry hatcher um elizabeth shoe uh, oh, i, I fucking love that movie so many good people in it the unfortunate part of that movie though is the kathy moriarty party part ends up becoming the butt of a joke because it's revealed that she's trans. And, you know, here she plays that character that I, I don't know if it was, they find this as, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I don't know if that was any intentional casting or just coincidence or just knew that she had these comedic chops from, I mean, because look at her in the rest of that movie. Uh, take aside from her character being the butt of a joke you know, a really transphobic joke, mm -hmm. but she's fantastic in that movie. But we're so used to seeing her in dramas like Raging Bull, where she was nominated for an Oscar. 
Yeah. You know? Uh, I think I fell deeply in love with her as a young teenage boy when I discovered Neighbors. You wouldn't want me to have to pull down your pants and spank your little buns now, would you? I think that yeah, was, I... that was, that might, that or Soap Dish was the first time I saw her. Mm-hmm. And she has that great husky voice like Kathleen Turner. So that's why there are parts of this that really this time around remind, like made me think of Serial Mom. And I think it's because it also had Mink stolen it and she's saying, you were at the cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the cocksucker residence? I know. <laughs> oh, by the way, Alex Friedberg was the costume designer on this. They also did Sleeping Beauties, which was what? The short that uh, Jamie Babbitt did before this? And then continued on doing like CSI, Eight Legged Freaks, yeah, um, Friday Night Lights, the whole bunch of stuff. I mean, well, a lot of people that were involved in this went on to do a lot of television work. Yeah, like Jamie, like Jamie Babbitt were, has directed a lot of television, but she's also thrown in definitely some, you know, some different. Uh, other things here and there like itty bitty titty committee is a great uh another like lesbian feminist it actually is a lesbian feminist comedy um and who what else um what else it's like i'm just trying to think like she's done stuff like she had directed like l word but she's girls silicon valley i think santa clarita diet an episode or she did three episodes of russian doll yeah yeah um yeah she did one episode of santa clarita she oh, did two mrs. of Maisel. brooklyn 99 um uh, yeah mrs Maisel. a lot of Marvelous. lot of tv yeah exactly and and you know and same with um the guy who wrote the i mean well the screenplay he's I mean, he hasn't done tons, but still more TV. But it's really funny that this time around, so you think about what these people went on to do. I mean, you look at the cast. I mean, we already talked about a few people, but, like, I love Clea Duvall. I've always loved Clea Duvall. Yes. Um, although, I don't I don't think she, well, she wasn't out yet, but... Um, yeah, she didn't come out of the closet until I don't know, like not really publicly, until a few years ago. But she always had, like, even in you know the faculty, which I think is like more of like, if not her first, but one of her first like big roles. They're like, well, they say she's a dyke, whatever. They're already hinting that she, you know, might be queer. So even if she and I, you know, I know she wasn't out definitely at the time of this, but you know. She might have been one of those, like, it's an open secret kind of. <laughs> right. If you know me, you know. If you don't know me, it's none of your fucking business sort of thing. Right. I'm not necessarily talking about it. But um, she didn't at least talk about it to the press. Let's put it that way. Until a few years ago. Uh, Melanie Linsky. I love Melanie Linsky. Ever since I saw her in Heavenly Creatures. Which, another queer character. She's played, um, she played some other one, too. Um, God, oh, she was so good in Heavenly Creatures. Do yourself a favor and watch that movie. Um, Natasha Leone, I love her too. Ever since Slums of Beverly Hills. Yes. And she's one that's played queer characters multiple times. Which I, she's one that I suspect is in the closet that Scientology has got her now. That's the rumor around town. 
kind of like Elizabeth Moss too, like that Scientology is keeping her in the closet, but she was born into it. So it's, you know, these people, like how does religion, I mean, we, we hear so much about these conversion camps and associate them with evangelical Christianity and like, Mike the, Pence. like the bright Mike Pence and the, you know, the Baptists and you know, things like that. But look at what Scientology and I mean, it, we know, yeah, the Mormons too, what they've done, like, and, and, and how they've treated, um, LGBTQ people. Yeah. Um, Pope Francis, fuck you. I know. I know. He's getting less and less cool every time he talks. He'll say one thing that might seem progressive and then he backpedals or whatever. But, you know, the Nazi Pope set the bar. At least really he's not low. a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, at least he's not a Nazi. This Pope will not be milkshaked. <laughs> but, um, oh, so, okay, yeah, we are still talking about the, the, the cast. RuPaul, I mean, it's just, I think this was really the first time most people had seen him out of drag. It was for me, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't, he wasn't really seen much, in, at least, I mean, maybe in a brief interview, but not like actually on film or TV. Um, and then, oh, oh, and then talking about people in here and what they've gone on to. So this time around, I was watching it and I'm looking at um, the Clayton character, Kit Pardue, and I'm like, God, what do I know him from? What have I seen him in recently? Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm sure, you know, racking my brain. So I pull up IMDb and then I'm like, oh, that's right. He was in an episode of Law and Order where he plays like, um, some sort of evangelical preacher who's like accused of like sexual abuse <laughs> or something like, I was like, Oh yeah, that's where I've seen him in recently. Cause <laughs> I, yeah, I, there's, there's so many people, Dante Bosco, AKA Rufio uh, probably did other things. I, I remember Andre. The only other thing that it really stands out in it is in quite a lot of band of brothers as a soldier still had really pretty eyes, but it was a world war two soldier. And then here's one, th here's another thing, Kit Pardue and Joel McKaylee that plays, hi, I'm Joel, I'm a Jew, I'm a homosexual, I just love the way he puts that, um, um, that's his identifier, I'm a Jew, um, both of them are in Rules of Attraction, like the year or so after this, mm -hmm. interesting, I mean, which we covered last Pride, so last year, just thought I'd throw that in there, and then of course, how can we not say Richard Mall? Oh. Oh, him and <laughs> Larry Bear and uh, Lloyd and Lloyd Morgendorfer. Love Larry Bear loves. <laughs> at, at what what was their thing called? It wasn't called Redirections, which would be a good response to Redirections, right? Right. But, um, oh, I don't remember. I, I don't they know. just call it the Gay Underground Railroad. Is all yeah. I remember. I just love that they wear camo with rainbow belts. <laughs> Larry, wait, Larry's the big guy. Yeah. Larry, Larry, okay. Larry, Larry was Richard. Um, <laughs> Larry Lloyd. Bear. I liked what he said to her when she's like, okay, you're going to teach me where the lesbians live. What teach me how les do. what lesbians are supposed to do. Yeah. And he, I, I was really, <laughs> he hands her that giant cup that says gay or something like that. Or does it say queer or gay? Queer. And he's like, yeah, you just be who you are and being cool with that. It was a wonderful counter action to Kathy Moriarty's Less well, I mean, she does lock a child in a doghouse for a week, right? I, they're right because they're supposed to be teenagers. Yeah, 
that we have to remember that they're supposed to be teenagers and they're i mean they're not it's not the manual labor that you do hear about at some conversion camps um which i've heard that for punishment for scientology is like severe manual labor uh yeah i, I and but it's still they're the women they're doing their good 1950s wifely duties and scrubbing. I mean, Stepford Wives is really what they're trying to, she's trying to create. And even into what you have to do, right? The simulation <laughs> where you have to simulate heterosexual missionary sex. And I love that when her own gay son rock is there simulating, I'm sorry, who, you know, she's tr saying, Oh, he's straight. And she's like, Oh, you know, don't like he's trying to sip whatever drink with a you know a like a curly sippy straw and she's like no sipping you know chug it like a man exactly and he's sitting there and he's just he's so just he's just so not straight <laughs> that he's doing just push-ups <laughs> in the simulation over this woman who obviously i mean who she's not into it either with him i mean like <laughs> Yet Mary is like, oh, that's wonderful. That's perfect. And when Joel is like, well, what about foreplay? And she's like, foreplay's for sissies. What the fuck, Mary? Even, okay, I've heard speculation on the Mary character who runs True Directions, if she's supposed to be an ex-gay herself, okay? okay. Would, you, would you would imagine perhaps she was? And she formed this place with her husband, who was also an ex-gay. And yet he runs off to a male, and that's why she's so bitter. Is that, I mean, or is it just the, or the fact that her her husband leaves her, he's straight, but he leaves her when the son comes out of the closet. I mean, you know, she's got this, you know, maybe she's straight, but it's just bitter over her son's sexuality and then opens this place. I mean, we don't know exactly, but she has some sort of resentment and there is definitely a resentment with her son and his sexual orientation. Yeah, I guess, should we do, say what the, what the five steps are of, yeah. True directions, aka misdirections. Yeah. Not to be right. confused with redirections. But, well, um, and, hmm? and I do want to bring up the miseducation of Cameron Post, the other, the conversion kit therapy movie that came out last year. But go ahead. So, step one, what was it, Kimberly? Was that what her character's name was? Was like, I'm a homosexual. Hillary. Hillary. Uh, step one, admitting you're a homosexual. Step two, rediscovering your gender identity. Okay. <laughs> just oh my god it just this leaves no room for anyone who is genderqueer or trans okay obviously you know trying to make this very heteronormative um uh, sexual orientation but then yes the gender identity is the other issue at play here which uh, it's not yeah it's it's not stressed like it was in, I think, well, the mis I think the miseducation of Cameron Post, maybe it's, that came out last year, even, it, it was set in, like, the early 90s, so it has a throwback feel, but it, and it's a drama, okay, <laughs> that's one thing, but I think they deal with gender identity as well as sexual orientation in it. Uh, while this one says discovering your gender identity, it's more, it's, it's discovering. Yeah. It, it doesn't speak of it in your physical sense. 
Like, do you know? I mean, sorry. Are you on fire? Are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm fine. Okay. Um, no, and I think, and I, I say this because it's, 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 even though here you have the casting of Jan, who is very, very masculine presenting lesbian with, I mean, with, I mean, the, the short haircut, you know, is, is punk, but she's sporting a mustache, yeah. you know, and her what we consider these traditional masculine ways of sitting and walking plus she's like plays sports and everything and i love that she just at one point she comes out and they're talking about was it in the i was gonna well other step the next one she's just like i like balls and ultimately it later i this is jumping ahead but ultimately i'm a heterosexual uh not yet honey you're almost there and don't speak out of turn no, I know. I've never been gay. Huh? <sighs> Jan, remember, uh, you were molested. I <laughs> mean, just take a look at yourself. I mean, everybody thinks I'm this big dyke because because I wear baggy pants, I play softball, and I'm not as pretty as other girls, but it doesn't make me gay. I mean, I like guys. I can't help it. I just want a big, fat wiener up my... Amen, sister. I quit. Who in the hell is she trying to fool? Hey, Jan! Jan! Because she's trying to say, she's trying to pass through this thing, and she's just like, quits. Because she's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be something I'm not. And RuPaul's, you know, or whatever, she's like, I just want a big wiener or whatever. Because it's like, we're her trying, just trying desperately, like, I want to try to, you know, say I'm this or be this for society or for whatever people. I'm so not, you know? And I think that's, I think it's very important that they did put that character in there. Because mm -hmm. even though she's doesn't, I wouldn't say identify a trans, it's just she's, like I said, you know, I'm butch lesbian. Um, whereas in the miseducation of Cameron Post, you have, and this is, I think, by it's just the pure casting of it, you have a two-spirit character. I mean, and, you know, and um, an actor. So by casting, like having a character in there who is, you know, a gender non-conforming, and having also an actual an actor that is gender non right so i think even though there's not a a real major dialogue around it just that casting makes a huge difference and that's the difference that 19 years makes you know i think mm -hmm. i think that's way our conversation kind of around some of this conversion therapy has evolved some anyway go ahead i'm going to let you continue but i thought i thought that was an important thing about how this movie does seem a little dated. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I figured that the, the steps seemed like a, a, as logical a way to work our way through our rambles as, as any right. other that I came come up with. So step three, it's family therapy. And, you know, we have Andre and his, his family. It's just, but you know, I will say, I will say it's, I was, it's very nice to see that the 
people who are here in this conversion camp and and everything it is a diverse group of people racially i mean they could have all been white very easily easily especially if it's midwest like right and only maybe one face of color there are multiple faces of color. And then you've also got a Jewish character in there too. I mean, like it's, you are, you're bringing in something different. Whereas in, and it's, it just seems like, no, these are just people in the area. Like it's, it doesn't seem like, oh no, we tried this, but you know, to do this on purpose could have easily become total, you know, completely whitewashed. Graham's parents, like you pretty much given the total, description of that uh it's her stepmom who has no reason to ever be around a child uh, what this is why your mom left do you want to lose yeah. your dad too and the dad i you know oh you're you're gonna come back home and live with us and get your money you can't fuck up my the way i look at the country club yeah or, well exactly fuck no that's exactly all it is is because you can't fuck up the way I look at the country club and with all my society friends. Even, I, I, I mean, what we did skip over is the, after you admit you're a homosexual, you have to, you have to discover your root. And what's your root cause of why you're gay? And, and it comes, it goes back to, like, Megan can't think of hers until she has the family, the trip, like from the family and the family therapy session. But the reasons that are given and that are acceptable to Mary as why someone might possibly be gay. Not that you couldn't just be born gay. I was I mean, born in France. It. I was born in France. Um, my mother got married in pants. Um, a traumatic bris. My mother <laughs> let me wear pump. My mother let me play in pumps. Yeah. Um, and um, what was... What was something else? I mean, they were just like, it was kind of like, what? Well, and another and then, one she rejected. Go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. Oh, one of the ones that she rejected was on, was it Andre's? Because he was, yeah. whoever it was that was talking about when we used to change clothes in front of each other, I realized yeah. I liked it. Which, yeah. you know, if, if this movie was made now, yeah, I don't know if it would be, what's your root? It would be more like, when did you realize that you were attracted to blank? But and she's like, oh, that's you got to come up with something better than this thing that totally could have happened. Yeah. Uh, or there's I one that, that says Andre. something, or one there was something. One said something about, oh, too many locker, too many locker room showers. Which, the stuff yeah. porno is made of. <laughs> yeah, that's the chicken and, and the egg sort of situation. Right. There. I'm sorry, but hello, nature versus nurture, <laughs> like. It's perhaps a little of both, you know, who, who knows? And <laughs> yeah, it's just, and then what ultimately is for Megan is that, or she figures out is that, you know, well, during this time period, my dad was out of work and my mom was the breadwinner. So maybe I got con- confused about gender roles. I think that's so ridiculous. <laughs> that was only nine months. And then I was, given a much better job yeah I, but it's just like i i yeah it's and everything i find it interesting that everything outside of the true directions camp and the 
big bustling gay bar and gay underground house <laughs> bunker. <laughs> Other than that, everything else is so brown and so plain. You know, it, like that world is all so totally different. And then when we just have these three locations, you know, and the yeah, but the the True Directions place because it's so over the top, this obnoxious Pepto Bismol pink, and then the blue and everything. Oh my God. It's like weird kind of fetish gear almost because there's so much <laughs> latex and vinyl and not and in, in the costumes, like the entire graduation outfits that they wear is completely like. It, it reminded of me of, of that one Primus video <laughs> with the plastic cowboys running around. But um, going back to the, um, sorry, going back to the, the family therapy thing with with Andre, where he's just like, I just don't know why I am, you know. I mean, it, he just doesn't know why. He's like, I just, I'm yeah. always. He's like, I'm always. This is who I. I mean, I don't know why I am this way. I'm always going to be this way. Like, it, it's just, and you know, and he's kind of, you know, he's disheartened, and and he looks looking at his parents like, it's not that I'm not trying. I just, it's just who I am. You you know. And when he ultimately walks out in the most fabulous exit ever, he tells everybody off. And he's, and I wanted to say that he's like, he starts saying, like, when they're going to, so it's after, after, what's the next step after the family therapy? Step four, demystifying the opposite sex. Is that where they, um, that's, that's not the simulation, that's. Simulation is uh, step five. Uh, step four, right. demystifying no, 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 the... Hmm? That's where in the, they're in the circle, right? Again, yeah, they're just spending more time they... together. Oh, okay. No, I, I was going to say, when they're sitting again in the, the circle before whatever the simulation, that's when... Yeah, it's when Mary says, oh, I'm not going to pass Andre, you know. I'm going to pass everybody except Andre. And he's like, well, I don't know... And he starts getting upset, and he's like, well, I don't know why... I'm not a cis. He's like, I get. I was just. Must, he was like, <clears throat> sorry, I just wasn't meant to be butch. I'm just a sissy, and he's crying as he's saying this, and he's all these slurs that have been thrown at him. You know, he's saying that, and because he's he's more femme presenting than feminine presenting than some other men, and then Joel, <laughs> who's just pretending like or are he like he has a girlfriend now with Graham or whatever like he's like you're more than just a sissy <laughs> you know and starts trying to talk him up and all this stuff but then starts going into how hot he is and, and, and then that's when Andre's like excuse me you who are just just proved that you're quote like quote unquote straight <laughs> like hello no <laughs> and then he's just that's when Andre's like you all know who you are stop trying to pretend I'm mm -hmm. You know, and, you and that's when he's want. just, yeah, and you know who you want. Congratulations, liars. You know who you are, and you know who you want. Ain't nobody gonna change that shit. And he, that's, he just leaves. And it's true. It's because you get that point. I've tried to do all these different things. And especially when you're younger, you know, you're still trying to find yourself and in so many different ways and then you're having to deal with this on top of it and 
you know, I think, I think maybe the environment now there, because there are more resources now for you, because you see people coming out at younger and in younger ages, I think now it's not that it had, it hasn't always been like that. It's just that there were no resources for younger people who were LGBTQ. You know, there, there wasn't the level of support, not to say it's not still an issue, but you know, I, I know someone who's, who's grandchild is, um, granddaughter transition. And, um, you know, I, I, and I'm glad that, you know, the girl's parents were supportive and that they wreck. I mean, at first they were like, what, what do we do? Like, because the child was 12, 11, 12, you know what I mean? But already knew, no, I'm trans. I, you know, I want to go on hormones. Like I, I, I am a female. I was just born into this male body, like, you know, and you have supports like for that kind of situation now where you didn't necessarily 10, 20, whatever years ago. And I mean, we still have to work, you know, tremendously and we still have to get rid of these fucking conversion camps. So much of it goes back to, I'm not, I'm not going to bash religion, but maybe just a little, Actually, you know what? I'm going to bash religious zealots specifically. That's where I think the problem comes in. It's I'm fine if someone is religious or spiritual, but it's the point where you become a zealot that you you just can't accept that if it's not this one way that everything must automatically be awful and evil. And and I'm not talking about you know we all know a general sense of a moral we all well, everyone except, you know, psychopath, sociopath, whatever, have a moral compass. But you know what I mean? It's most of us have a moral compass and know what, how our fellow human beings should be treated. And how many people don't do that? How many people hide behind religion? You know, or they, and they take parts, they pick and choose parts of a religious book and hide behind that you know, to tailor whatever they feel for that day. I mean, it's, you know, or to, you know, boast up whatever bigotries that they might have on another level. It's, it's just really interesting. And and, and if you see, I, I, I don't know, I don't completely blame this on religion, but there's so much bigotry, unfortunately, particularly against the LGBTQ community that has come from religion. It's just sad. The, the Christianity is not my thing, but I, you know, there are Christians I respect that I'm friends with that I care about, but the zealotry bit, the, the making other people live under your belief system. Right. And then when you start pushing it into politic, the political realm, it becomes an even bigger issue because it's not just, oh, you're going to stand outside of my house or whatever and be just a public nuisance now you're actually fucking with my legal rights you know you're you're putting me in danger of being thrown in jail or legally killed whatever i get like if, or legally fired legally kicked out of my home whatever it may be i've had my job i've told you i've had my job threatened before because i was gay 
because at the time I lived somewhere where it was perfectly legal for that to happen, you know? And what was really fucked up is that it had been a law. This was in Cincinnati. It had actually been a law that it was illegal to discriminate based on sexual orientation. But while I was there, that law, you know, it was repealed, whatever it was voted. They, they voted it down again. So you, it was that right was taken away. And then what happens? Not that long after I'm threatened with my job. You know, I'm just saying we are seeing it now. There are many places across the country where we won these rights and now they're being stripped, whether it's adoption, marriage, like I said, housing and, you know, employment, healthcare. I mean, whatever. God, the right to have a fucking cake made. <laughs> like, and that's bullshit. That's the make that's are you, I mean, that's the biggest. Like, are you kidding me? Really? That's a stupid thing. But it's also points to a bigger epidemic. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Are you terrified by real life? Us too! You like horror movies? Us too! Then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies. And all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective. We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We're Friday the 13th.
We are likely back, if you're hearing these words. <laughs> um, likely. We were still in step five with simulated sexual lifestyle. Simulated sexual lifestyle, which is the final step, so I'm not sure when they decided ends. I forget what they said. Two weeks? Or was it a month that the program was? The, the overall month? The overall program? Yeah. Was supposed to be two months. So the boys are, what, playing football and Watch, working um, uh, on cars, cars. <laughs> chopping wood. Uh, um, wait, what else? Uh, gardening and stuff. And uh, I'm not are... talking about rock, like dancing or dancing around while listening to RuPaul, like skipping over the weed whacker, the biggest drag queen ever. <laughs> like, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like they're they're there and they've got whatever tools and stuff out in the yard. It's like, and you're right, the whole, ex you started to say it earlier, the exchanges between, um, oh God, what was RuPaul's character? Mike. Uh, Mike. And then Rock. And they're like these, it, just, they're ogling each other. And they, like, so there's Rock, you know, holding whatever tool, like right in front of him, like, you know, and like stroking it up and down at his crotch and everything. And Mike's like, and all the and all the boys are like start like foaming at the mouth practically <laughs> like it's just like hello and, and more proof these places just don't work <laughs> just don't work because everybody there is is gay <laughs> deep down inside they're lgbtq and they're trying to be program deprogrammed and it just doesn't work that way <laughs> In the same thing where you have, yeah, this, where, um, oh, what is it? You have Graham getting Joel cake and he's feeding whatever cake. And she's looking over at, uh, at Megan, who's like touching rocks muscles. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, no, I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at who I really want to be with. <laughs> a lot it's of vicarious, a lot of vicarious right. things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just points out that these places just, they just don't work really. I mean, if they do, it's for one person and that one person is in such denial or, or whatever. I don't know, but that's not, that's not, that's not how it works overall. It's just, no. Let's hear it for Pastor Phillips, kids. Hello, campers. Yes, believe it or not, I myself used to have unclean urges. And like a lot of you, I thought I was just made that way. That I didn't have a choice. But then I realized that God didn't want me to be that way. God wanted me to be a man. So I buckled up in my little suit and I prayed to be normal. And guess what? It worked. I, but I think it was hysterical that when the parents were sending her off, that the dad's like, it's like Homosexuals Anonymous. <laughs> I, like what <laughs> which makes you think i wonder if he had since uh you know we were talking about the ending with the p-flag meeting mm -hmm. i wonder yeah. if he had looked into that too before they sent her off really that's I, interesting i hadn't thought about that you know because it, it and I feel like he had to have some sort of awareness while he was, if he was involved in the research. You know, I don't know if it was a, a decision their pastor made or whatever. Well, but... a little 
look how it goes down the whole intervention because we didn't bring that up the intervention quote unquote where they bring Megan home and her friends and family sit her down and they're like the telltale signs of a lesbian vegetarianism you know, the vegetarianism because like pull out the tofu and everything the vaginal motifs and artwork and has like a Georgia O'Keeffe thing um Melissa Etheridge poster I mean like <laughs> You know, I knew plenty of straight women, though, I will say, who liked Melissa Etheridge because it was the 90s, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is, that is, you know, it's a certain kind of, you know, lesbian of that era. <laughs> and and it, it's it's the, the be afraid of the other propaganda type thing, like, you know, be aware yeah. of your dope fiends and the gays and the communists and they're all the same. Totally, totally. And it's just like the way that they sit her down and everything. And like I said, if you look at that room, it's all so brown and very, the the cut and everything of the clothing is very distinctly McCarthy era, you know, 1950s into early 60s. It's that sense of conformity. And then you still, you see Megan sitting there She's in brighter clothing, even though it's still a pretty neutral color, but it's at least brighter, a similar cut, though. And it's it, so it points out even to begin with that she's different than them, but she's still, she's still, but I'm a cheerleader. I'm a Christian, whatever. That's not to say, and it goes to, you know, Lloyd and Larry Bear, where they're talking about, no, nobody can tell you what kind of lesbian to be. You just be yourself you know and if that's who you are well, okay you're a cheerleading christian lesbian it happens <laughs> yeah this is a pretty straightforward movie no pun intended no pun intended. Um, <laughs> i think it does a lot of things well i think one of the things that it does well is it tells a complex story in an interesting yet simple way the places look like movie sets or, or uh play play sets and the ridiculousness and the it isn't super hardcore but the mocking level is brutal at the weapon that is trying to attack these filmmakers and well, the characters in the movie it, well yeah and by pulling in these actual lines and things that you hear repeatedly like from tales of people who've gone to conversion therapy and then certain things that do ring true in a way if you are have ever been in a point of being in the closet of like even the simple line of where they're talking about you do you really your boyfriend you know whose dick you've never seen or whatever and then it's really easy to be approved when you're not attracted to him well yeah i i pulled <laughs> that one I, yeah i also you know dated someone who I was going to go on to become a priest. <laughs> There's a reason for that. I knew it wouldn't be an issue. I could keep it up in an illusion, even if I weren't really out to myself. It's, you know, is there were certain things that rang really true here. And while, and I think that may, that is the difference of this story coming from a queer female director. And she wrote the story to this. She didn't write the screenplay, but I'm sure she had input, you know, on certain lines and things. But 
you know, that there are certain elements like that that are so that you hear when people are trying to talk with therapists. I've had a therapist try to talk me out of it, you know. You know, I had a therapist even which in retrospect, it was probably my way of trying to come out when I was 12. I had a therapist that, you know, I was saying different things because I was like, I don't want to wear makeup and all the, you know, I don't want to do all these different like girly, girly things and all, you know, and whatever fit into this conformance, you know, whatever box. And I didn't want to date guys, you know, I wanted to just do my own thing. And I didn't feel that I needed to dress in like skirts, whatever, all, you know, all the time or anything. And even though that's what I saw around me and this therapist actually said to me, well, you know, you'd feel so, and I was so depressed too. Hello. Could it possibly have been, you know, actual depression, mental illness? We don't know, you know, no, never, never crossed her mind. But anyway, she's like, you'd feel better if you just plucked your eyebrows. That's your solution. Uh, 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 That's like, she started to just shut me down that, you know, so then, and it was also around that time I was, realizing that I mean again I knew at that point definitely that something I was certainly different but talked to a friend I said something to a friend of mine that was actually <laughs> we were on the CYO basketball team together <laughs> um uh yeah I wasn't that sporty I mean I was sporty but I was also very into dance and everything so it was you know I fit in these two very distinct categories I didn't fit just as one complete image of what might be boxed into, you know, lesbian (laughs) or whatever, or the image of, you know, the stereotype. And so I remember asking a friend of mine about the same time, 12, whatever. And I'm like, is there something wrong? Because I don't like, you know, I'm not interested in, I don't, in boys. I don't want to date them. And she's like, no, there's nothing wrong. You know, you're fine. My sister wasn't interested until like, you know, she was like a junior in high school. Don't worry about it. Okay. But, but you know, I'm like thinking more and more. And then you just repeatedly get shut down that you stay in the closet to yourself even, you know? So you could see maybe where Megan, even if like, it's not conscious, you know, it's still subconsciously there. Maybe. You just don't know, you just don't have the resources, especially in certain areas that might be more rural of what a an LGBTQ support system and community might be. The internet has made things so much better. I mean, it really has. But uh, we have such a long way to go. And I mean, the fact that so many states still have let these places legally operate is just outrageous because... Like I said, they're not, they're not all, of course they're not this. (laughs) I mean, this is, this is just, you know, a cartoonish like version of it. But again, there are certain lines in what they're saying in the therapy of maybe I got confused about traditional gender roles. This is what, you know, this kind of thing that you are hearing in these settings and, oh no, a woman is supposed to be like this and then in relation to a man this way, this is how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to fit into these boxes. And then, which even, even if you are heterosexual, that's just so can be so 
anti-feminist. <laughs> like it gives a woman, it can give women so little agency, just even to be on equal footing of a man in a relationship. Like that, you know. So you're just you're totally breaking someone down in another way. And then and then then further pushes a gender binary, where no, you have to be male or female. There can't be anything else. And unfortunately, there are too many of these places that operate that operate with a level of violence, like physical violence. Um, you know, most of them they just say pray away the gay, but how much of it comes with the level of physical violence? I know we try not to totally date these episodes, uh, you know, so you can listen to them whenever, but I, I like that, you know, we, we try to also interject some uh, current events news-wise, you know, here. So I, I th- speaking of the, the level of violence within the church or these, these centers that are so- uh, sometimes religiously affiliated, I can see this being one of the really bad things to come out of that Alabama law if it isn't struck down, allowing churches to create their own police force. Yeah. You know, it's like there's that, um, this um, cult there, an offshoot of the Moonies. It's like Reverend Moon's, like one of his sons. Like they become so big. They're they're in Pennsylvania and they they become pretty sizable, and they're really really super super pro gun. I mean like militia fucking level, and they're anti a lot of groups, but they're very very anti LGBTQ, and it's been a whole issue. Like they've been on like all kinds of like they've 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 been known for striking out and you know that's just a cult, but I mean there's still a sizable enough one that, um, and, and they're, you know, they're fucking armed, you know, it, it doesn't matter what group they're going after, but it's very specifically this one. And, oh my God, they, yeah, it's insane. Some of the stuff that you hear them talking about and that they're trying to just put out there and they're definitely, I mean, there are certain lawsuits that have been like, you know, been brought against them because of it, but it, a lot of it's still kind of in limbo. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just one group. But when you look at something like an, a state like Alabama, where how many in the fucking Bible Belt? Like, there's so many churches there, like Baptists, Evangelicals. I mean, not saying that they would. I, I'm not saying they wouldn't have guns. They're less. They're they're not as on the fringes with their views about um, queer community, but I wouldn't say so much like the Lutherans or you know maybe the Methodists, you know the Catholics. Although I don't know, <laughs> you know the Jews. I mean, they're those communities down there have have more open-minded attitudes. And like where I grew up in Alabama, actually had a pretty sizable Catholic population, and. Because there's a very large um, French and Spanish colonial background down there, so you have a lot of Catholics, um, and then that's why then a lot of and then a lot of Vietnamese ended up moving there, also. Um, so you there there's in Filipino you had this huge like Catholic community to balance out, which that's why I say I lived in a more quote unquote liberal area because there were still these other more these other 
more extreme Christians. Not to say that the Catholics couldn't didn't have some extreme people in them, but not to the level of these other groups, at least around LGBTQ issues. Some of them with the abortion, that was a different story. Some of them were pretty extreme with that, but that was that was their issue. You know, it wasn't so much, oh, you're gay. <laughs> they were like, they were against it, but they weren't, they, they didn't, they weren't going to go toe to gun against you. And we, yeah. And we did have one of our, um, abortion doctors down there shot and killed, you know? Um, so that's the issue for them if they're going to go shoot someone, but it still doesn't mean they're not going to, throw out death threats and it mean different people down there, you know, they might just terrorize you in other ways, but, and they feel like, Oh, having a gun, I have that as backup that I can at least wave it at you, but I may not go shoot you. I don't know. I don't know. It's all scary stuff. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Yeah. It's just peeling the layers of shitty stuff. That's, yeah, and I mean that's what I we do other, here at the Psycho Semantic House. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and I have other issues just with with the carrying of the guns all the time. Anyway, that's you know whatever. That's me. Um, you know, I was I grew up and I wasn't really even allowed to have like water pistols. Like my mom was very anti-gun, and my dad. Granted, he was in the military, like the National Guard, part time. Um, you know. That wasn't in the house or whatever. But then I find out years later and my mom finds out years later through me (laughs) that he did have a gun in the house uh, while I was growing up. But it was very well hidden, obviously. My mom didn't even know about it. But that's fucked up. (laughs) No wonder they got divorced. Um, (laughs) Sorry. I'm just saying one more thing. Anyway. um, But, yeah. So, I mean, I already have a different view of guns, but I'm... The hunting thing, I will concede if it's being done ethically and you're utilizing whatever animal. I mean, you know, I'm not happy about it, but I I will allow someone that <laughs> if that's their feeling. We don't need to have assault rifles available for that kind of shit. We don't have, need to have assault rifles available for anything. Anyway, it's... And it's, it is a scary time because even here we are, the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. And like I said, we these things that we, these advances, I mean, these legal advances that we've made in this country, there's some of them that have, you know, moved forward and now are being, you know, these legal rights are now to be take, taken away. And, you know... It's just, yeah, it's going to be, it's just a domino effect. And look at the fucking judges being put into the courts and these high positions. They're just, it's scary. It's really fucking scary. I'm sorry. I just don't want to have to go underground. Even in New York City, again, 50th anniversary of Stonewall, right at the beginning of Pride, there were two rainbow flags burned outside of a Harlem gay bar. That's how it started off. Okay. (laughs) And then the number, not just in New York, but the number of trans women that have been killed this month so far in this country. 
That's I'm, I'm saying the reported number ones, the ones that the the media and the police have actually properly identified as transgender. Not you know how many do that go that are completely misgendered and go unreported. You know yeah. that happens. You know a pretty fair amount. So this kind of shit like this is <sighs> ugh. yeah. It's so fucking frustrating. I don't even know. It's not even just about voting. It's... <laughs> There's so much more. Like, where where are we... Where are we... We don't even have candidates, I see, that are that promising. I mean, really, do you? I'm not even... I'm not, I'm not even saying just on LGBTQ issues. I'm just saying in general. We don't have a lot of good options right now. It's... What's, yeah, I mean, with, with twenty do... some odd people, are you, are you talking about presidential or senatorial? Or well, I think there's so many different races that even, you know, you have you're better on like a smaller scale, but presidential shit, because that's not that's a big one that's got. I mean, we gotta you know deal with that too. Because Ruth Bader Ginsburg, how how much longer is she gonna survive on the bench? Uh, hope. I mean, it's yeah. Not to say that a, a Democrat or someone of another, you know, another party. Which, come on, let's face it, it would be a Democrat if it's not a Republican, because that's just how this country works. Um, but it, they would not necessarily be that liberal either. Can't guarantee that, you know. But it, it's got to be. It's got to be fucking better than what we have now. Yeah, if Mitch Something McConnell has four more years to. Yes. Give the Federalist Society the judiciary that they want. You'll never come back again. You're doomed if you stay here. This place is cursed. Cursed. Yeah, life, lifetime appointments is a long time. That's what I'm saying. This is this is some fucked up shit. When you have these, when you have these lifetime appointments. You know, it's I. I'm fine with certain positions having more than two terms. I am okay, but not a lifetime appointment. Jesus, no, that's too long. Because people, I mean, society changes, and if you have someone who's in there, you know, more than twenty years. Oh my God, that's an entire generation of people. That in, in generation of the times that they have to catch up with. It's not just why don't they understand. It's why won't they understand. Because there is a certain amount. There's a certain amount of disconnect. I'm not just picking. I'm picking on Alabama specifically at the moment. Because we. Well one. Brought up the abortion laws. But also just. It's too easy. You see it in so many other places. Whatever the. Whatever the specific you know, legal ramification is or whatever is a specific politician that has come into office or is, you know, or is running. God, isn't, I thought, Roy Moore is running again, I think. Speaking yes. of Alabama. Fuck. Fucking pedophile. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. And he's running again. And they again. all think he's okay because he's all pro-Jesus. And gun. And anti-abortion. He's anti-choice. But yeah. anyway. I, I just hope that maybe Tom anyway. Cotton loses his seat and Lindsey Graham, that would be great if you lost your seat. Yeah. Uh, there's someone who is potentially closeted gay. 
Yeah. There's I'm just bringing up these rumor mills as they come sometimes because there is a certain amount of truth to them. Sometimes we find out, like, look what happened with J. Edgar Hoover. I'm not saying gossip's always true, but yeah. yeah. There, there are quite a few Senate seats up in 2020. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that was, but I'm a cheerleader. I can't, we can't, we can't really go anywhere from yeah. there. Um, Vanessa, you got any projects you want to talk about? Um, well, as usual, I am over with you on the beauty clinic and we are going to be releasing our pride proper long episode soon with the gents, um, from Friday the 13th covering Torch Song Trilogy, the 1988 movie, but written by and starring Harvey Feierstein and the, um, Jewel Gomez novel, The Gilda Stories. And eventually, David will finally e- will edit the final episode of Devour the Podcast, and that will be released. And all of that can be found on Legion Podcast. So, yeah. That's all right now. <laughs> hey, that sounds like a lot. Anyway, thank you. Uh, thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. Thank you. And my dear we listener. Have... Oh, and uh, yes, we're going to be gearing up for some Handmaid's Tale stuff soon. Yes, I can't wait for you to catch up. We'll be talking about that uh, probably by the time you hear this. We'll be talking about that a little bit. But anyway, Psychosemantic, you can find me by looking that up. And VD Clinic and Legion Podcasts. VD Clinic Podcast, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, you have to at the very least do VD Clinic Pod. Thank you, everybody. Find your cheer, inner cheerleader or um, you know who you are and you know who you want. Shit. Shit. <laughs> Don't forget to duck and cover. Oh my god, this article is a rescue for springtime chicken salad. Yeah, I just got the money. Well, I saw what that's going to be. Oh my god, have you seen this one? What? Well, scooch over, let me show it to you. Okay, well, what is it? He's a politician with a love of the Lord. He's getting kickbacks from his seat on the church board. He voted no, of course, on your civil rights. And if he gets elected, he'd reverse that all right. Her basic needs are not his priority. He's got his reputation to oversee. So if you're gay or if you just don't fit in, he'll introduce you to the wages of scam. Who swears he's not gay When asked if there's a woman He'd rather not say And what about this asshole Caught with kitty porn He's funneling funds through churches To protect the unborn I can't believe, I can't believe what they say They'll say anything to get their own way They have no limits, they'll just blatantly lie In the name of Jesus